Let me ask you a question. Do you have a deep knowing that you're only just scratching the surface of where you're capable of taking your business growth? Are you successful but have some invisible hurdles that are slowing you down? Business growth comes from creating and implementing strategies and frameworks, but strategies and frameworks on their own will not take you to the level I know you desire and are capable of. Living in alignment with your unique human design will help you to attract the abundance you are ready for. And I've just created a free guide to help you understand your unique human design blueprint. It's called the Human Design Advantage, and you can get your copy over at samanthariley.global forward slash advantage. Just because they're not buying your offer, what's the next question you can ask them? Because if they're hanging out around you, they want to say yes to something. And are you collecting the yeses along the way to get to the big yes, the big why, if you will? My name is Samantha Riley, and this is the podcast for coaches, course creators, and experts who want to grow their influence, income, and impact to take their coaching business to a million dollars and beyond. We're going to share the latest business growth, marketing, and leadership strategies, as well as discussing how you can use your human design to create success in business and life inside and out. Create the influence, income, and impact you need to build your business so you can create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. This is the Influence by Design podcast. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and looking forward to having a conversation today around creating a consistent lead generation system in an organic way, in a way that is anti-bro, no NLP mind Jedi tricks. So welcome to the show, Kat. It's going to be a great conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So before we jump in, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into what you're doing today? I think the background will give us a bit of an insight into why it is that you do it this way. I mean, trying to make a long story short, because, you know, I am a verbal processor. So basically I pursued the American dream because I'm American. If you can tell from, I guess, my accent, I speak without one apparently, but to other people, I might have an accent. Anyway, <laughs> Australian US joke, right? Um, sure it is, it is. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I went down the path that was set in front of me, which is the only way to succeed is to have a higher education, get a big, fancy corporate paying gig, and then uh, essentially, you know, rest on my laurels and monetize my learned genius. So I got my MBA, I got the big, high paying corporate gig. And surprisingly, I wasn't fulfilled for some reason. Now, it's not to say I didn't learn a ton, but my soul wasn't being fed. And that's what I needed. I needed to feel the impact. I needed to see it and not something that I would never get credit for 20 years down the line. So I embarked on getting my coaching certification accredited by the ICF, like legit, not just a fly by night thing. And essentially over time and over lots of investments in my business and myself realized that there's something that people weren't learning as part of their business development. And it was something that was going to be a big game changer for people who wanted to create more than just financial security. So I started making my mission for helping people make more money faster. So they actually be present with the people that they love instead of missing all those milestone moments. Mm, I love this so much. Living life by design is my number one purpose for what doing what I do. I think that 
if you're living your life by design, you can create your business into whatever you want it to be, rather than trying to create this, this business that you're just trying to jam into your life, like putting a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. It doesn't yes. matter. It doesn't work. Right. Well, what do we see happen is basically in all the square pegs, which is us, we get what um, sandpaper down. So we just end up with raw <laughs> feelings and not even fitting appropriately and having to conform and conformity just doesn't, it's just not a good look on me. So no, no, we don't do what we do to conform <laughs> in actual fact, the opposite. And I'm sure just the same as everyone who's listening to this show. So today we're talking about lead generation and specifically organic lead generation. Something that I hear all the time from people, actually, I would say probably 99.9% of the calls that I'm on is I need more leads. And Mm. I find this a really interesting conversation to have with so many people because quite often, and I won't say all the time, but quite often they're actually sitting on buckets of leads Mm -hmm. and I know this is something that that you talk about so I'd love you to start there like obviously you see the same thing but can you explain in more detail you know what we're talking about here yeah so I mean we are in complete alignment with probably almost 100% of the way that we approach things and talk about things. And so I talk about it in the version um, in that same way we're already connected to $100,000 easily. And that's making it. And then let's look on the other side of that, which is saving it. So really, if we look at our current connections and our network and capabilities, we've got a multiple six-figure business that people are just kind of turning their blinders to. And what I mean specifically is that people are so hyper-focused on adding cold water to hot that they end up with this barely even lukewarm bathtub that they're kind of sitting in instead of really focusing on nurturing the current connections into potential clients. The other piece of that too, is that people are hyper-focused on looking at people as clients instead of looking at the lead to what it leads to. And so Mm. this one dimensional thinking of lead as client is where a lot of people are leaving quote, quote unquote money on the table. Mm. Instead, looking at the multidimensional approach, which is what can that person connect you to? And there's an infinite supply. And after you walk through that opportunity, though, all those opportunities become readily available to you again. Love it. I was chatting with someone last night and I'm not going to give numbers or names just in case people know who this is, but someone came to me and they were connected with someone with a really big Facebook group. Now I'm talking multiple tens of thousands of people in this Facebook group. And this person asked me, do you ask for an email on address when people request access to your Facebook group? I said, yeah, of course. And he said, well, these people don't want to do that because they don't want to appear spammy. And I said, could you at least get them to change their focus and say, if you give me your email address, I'll give you some value. Like to me, that was just a no brainer. It's like the, the focus there was in the wrong place. They were focusing on themselves uh-huh. Uh-huh. instead of focusing of being of service, which is what relationship marketing is completely based off of, which is where the bros took a 
very simple and productive concept and manipulated it because they took the concept of relationship marketing and hyper-focused on the pitch aspect of things instead of the value. And so now you've got people using strategies that are relationship marketing driven, but because they're hyper-focused on just selling and not driving value, they're ruining it. And it's what's causing a lot of jadedness and burned Mm. kind of experiences, making people like us who actually deliver results that much more of a harder conversation to even get into Mm. because people Mm -hmm. are so hyper-reactive to meeting Pitchy Pete online every single day. Yeah, Pitchy Pete, I like that. Not that I like Pitchy Pete. No, you can go stuff it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right, so let's just take this conversation right back to the start. Everyone has got some sort of network. How, and this is like a very, very big question, but what is the first place that you generally get people to look or to start or to think about right when they're saying something? So for anyone that's listening, that's got that conversation of, I need more leads, where's the first place for them to go and start? Where you already have them, which is with your clients. So Mm -hmm. if you've had anyone who's bought from you before, even if it's not necessarily your current ideal client, there is a version, a piece of them that is connected to who it is that you want to work with. And again, it's not necessarily potentially them rebuying, but they could refer you. They could make introductions. They could connect you to other communities. They could provide a speaking opportunity. I mean, I can just keep going on and on. It's about looking to who already has an understanding of who you are and what you do, which is the other piece, which is, are you actually educating people on what it is you do and who you serve? Because they can't connect you if you're not consistently staying relevant in their life for them to remember you exist. Mm. Okay. So we're going back to original clients. I'd love a strategy that you use when you're going back to those clients. So there's two things. Have you let them gone cold or are they kind of still relevant in your space? When they're still relevant in your space, I'm very focused on driving value. So I leverage strategies like firework experiences to be able to do that. And so a lot of people come from a corporate space or a professional background. So I'm going to do a little analogy. We all know when someone comes knocking on door back when we used to go into offices and they were talking, I need this report, come to this meeting, where's this brief, whatever it is, they needed something from you and you need to do it fast all day long, enough to make you want to throw your computer at them, right? And lock your Mm -hmm. door essentially. Now, what if that same colleague came to you and said, hey, Samantha, who's your favorite artist, music, musical group? Just tell me who. um, I know, on the spot. uh, Really on the spot. Let's go with Hilltop Hoods. So they come to you and they say, I've got tickets to Hilltop Hoods to be able to go watch them. Do you want to come tonight? Yes. Right. Like you want to go see Mm -hmm. them. But so what's going to happen? You're going to get the babysitter that you need. Your car's in the shop. You're going to figure out a way to get to the concert. You have an appointment at the end of the day. You're going to reschedule it. What are we doing as entrepreneurs that's providing that kind of experience that people want to get to and be a part of? How are we truly building community that people are looking forward and not only just coming, but inviting their friends because it's that good. That's a firework experience. It also reemphasizes you as the host, as the person with the authority and expertise without having to peacock it 
right? And, and say, look at me, I'm fancy. It's already insinuated because you brought the community together and you're leading the experience. So any connection they make in that community is going to be reinforced by the fact that you enabled that introduction. So now they're associating your name with opportunity and connection, which is what every single person needs in their business. So that's for the warm network. With an old network, drop a GIF, just ask a question. What is relevant in their life that you can ask a question about? We are our favorite topic of conversation. Ask them something about them and give first. Maybe it's a client that that just wrote an article, a past client from five years ago. Go comment on the article and then slide into their DMs and ask them what's going on. And don't do the arbitrary, how's business? Business is always going to be great when you ask that question (laughs) because people are feeling the pitch. But if you're consistent with nurturing the relationship, then it, it's the biggest risk mitigator that you can leverage in your business. Mm. Let's just go back to that house business. <laughs> this is the most, oh my goodness, this is driving me insane. House business from 50,000 people I've never met in my life. It's happened, especially in the last two years, it's gotten ridiculous. Or mm. even uh, I had a pitch yesterday at I shared with a couple of friends because it was so funny. It's like, so you're a business coach. What are you doing these days? I just went, uh, retiring. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I actually turned his sales pitch back on him and asked him if he would like some help with his cold pitch strategy, which he replied, no. So it was actually pretty funny. But anyway, how's business is such a, a huge question and it doesn't create safety. And I Mm. think that so people miss this part that if people don't feel safe in the conversation, they're not going to engage in the conversation. I'd love you to like, you know, what can you speak to to that? So I akin that to context. So let's say right after this episode, I reached out to you and say, Hey, how's it going? What's the likelihood of you responding to that simple question? Yeah, probably pretty good. Right. And you probably give me a relatively honest answer short of, you know, any kind of issue that you don't want to share. However, if we had never met and I reached out to you and said, how's it going? Probably tell me to stuff myself again. I'm just going to use that just because it's funny. Um, But basically (laughs) you either wouldn't respond, you'd remove the connection or you wouldn't even accept the connection in the first place. The Mm. reason that you'll answer the second time is because there's context for the conversation. It's why firework experiences are so powerful because why wouldn't you answer the host when they reach out to you and ask you, did you enjoy the event? Did you make connections? You know, is there something else I can support you with? They will likely answer honestly, because there's context for the conversation that was built off, like you said, security and trust, which is based off of a relationship. It doesn't Mm. have to be that we've known each other two, five, 20 years, even two minutes in because that barrier is down because you're a human and I'm talking to you like a human, you're likely to respond to that inquiry. Mm, Totally. So firework experiences, I love this concept. It's so cool. When we're creating our firework experience, how do you balance between I'm wanting to add value and we still need to make sales because we're a business. Mm-hmm. Where, yes. where, where do we find this balance? Because I find that people are very much either one side or the other. We're talking about the bro marketers that are very much all about sales, sales, sales. But then we've got some people, and I was just chatting to someone yesterday, and I just, my heart went out to her. And, and you know, luckily we've got on a call. 
she has been told to keep adding value and has been adding value for eight years with zero clients. And Mm. this breaks my heart because there's got to be a balance here. Yes. Well, I think it's just information and invitation. So, you know, I have a podcasting networking mixer that I host. And basically I started off with, Hey, I'm Kat. I introduce myself. I share a little bit more about myself. I share a little tidbit, something that no one else is thinking about. That's that value add. It doesn't have to be 20 minutes of you going on and on and dissecting an email, for example. But if you can show people how you think differently, you're seeding opportunity, right? So part of this is, you know, inception marketing, essentially. So I've already, you've come to my house. That's authority building. I've shared what I do. Now you're, you're knowledgeable about what it is that I do. I've also then demonstrated my ability to add value beyond just the community in terms of my capabilities and intelligence, because they're there. But then one of the most important things is the way that I host it is different. It's completely infused with my personality, with who I am and how I support my clients. So it's not this one magic recipe, right? There's a framework to follow, but how are you making it and and having your brand completely infused, which is you as part of the overall experience. Now, at the same time, it's not just the event. What's happening before what's happening after it's not, they could, you could have a great experience and completely screw it up because afterwards you're like, all right, so you were at my thing. So here's the $20,000 offer sales page. When are you buying? Mm. All of the goodwill has just been completely erased. So we need Mm. to look at the overarching like community experience that you're providing someone. And that's technically the customer journey. So how is it when they first meet you? What are you providing them that's a value after they meet you? How are you continuing to maintain them and nurture them in your ecosystem? How are they coming back in? Because they're going to fall out. And what are you doing that's just consistently providing presence and making yourself relevant to their life? Because it's not about forcing someone to make a business decision. We Mm. are all adults in our business and know is sometimes legit. No, maybe they don't see the value. Maybe they don't have the money and maybe their kid just threw up and now is Mm -hmm. not the right time. Mm. And that's just, you just happen to catch up. But what you can do is continue to provide an invitation. And when that person is ready, because you've been human, because you've treated them like a human, because you've continued to promote your, um, your offers, you've shared value, you shared content, then you will be someone they will consider buying from and you're just mm. looking to be in that top list. And then it's just an energetic match. I align more with you because you have red hair. I want nothing to do with you because you have red hair, right? Mm. That just comes down to marketing and just staying relevant and present in people's lives so that you get considered. Mm. Totally. And, you know, I'm sure you have it too. It's amazing how many people will come on for me as clients that have been, some of them have been in my world for 10 years where I've just kept showing up where a lot of people I see you know oh well it's either they're you know they're not buying so it's like oh well I'll just move on to the next person but you exactly what you just said you don't know what's happening in people's lives and like I said 10 years later I I get people reaching out and Mm -hmm. and sometimes I'll have someone that reaches out and chat that I've never spoken to before and wants to buy today. You just never know. So you actually should be marketing to the peep, to the lurkers, because I've, I've probably had 
we've all had that person who says, I've been following you for a while and they haven't Mm -hmm, commented mm -hmm. on anything. They haven't posted, they haven't reached out. They may not even be connected. I've had people buy from me who weren't ever in my, on my email list, who are even, who weren't even connected with me on LinkedIn, who just met me at some speaking event, consumed some information on my website and then decided, you know what? I need this right now. And other Mm -hmm. people, like you said, who's been following for 10 years and watching, there's even people that I've invited. Now, one of the biggest things that probably that person isn't doing is asking. That's a Mm. big trigger for a lot of people who are introverted salespeople. And it doesn't mean that you're introverted as a person. It just means you get uncomfortable when it comes to asking for the sale. And so Mm. the firework experience, the benefit of that is that you're creating such value that it's easier to have the conversation and to move it towards the sales call because people have already had this infusion of your amazingness. Mm. So part of it too, is just because they're not buying your offer, What's the next question you can ask them? Because they, if they're hanging out around you, they want to say yes to something. And are you collecting the yeses along the way to get to the big yes, right? The big mm-hmm. why, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's talk about those firework experiences. You mentioned uh, at like a, a networking event, but there's lots of different ways. And I think mm-hmm. that it's really important that people create experiences that are aligned with them, what yes. they want to be doing with their personality, because energetically, if it's not aligned, it just doesn't work. What are some mm-hmm. of the other kind of firework experiences that people can create? So I've identified 12 and there's of course other ones, but they kind of fit under little umbrellas essentially. Um, The most important thing to remember, and I'm just going to reiterate exactly what you said, which is we have certain ways that we like to show up and that we're, we have strengths. So it's really important to know that the other piece that most people don't think about because they get sold on a strategy is how Mm. does your audience engage online? How do they consume information? What time do they have? What amount of resources can they invest, which is either time or money? So I see people being like, yeah, let's do a seven day challenge. And your people are corporate executives. They're never going to sign up for that. And if they do, they're not showing up. They don't have time for that. So you want to make sure that as you're picking a firework experience, you're aligning those two things. It's think of it like a ladder, your strengths on one side, how your people engage on the other and the strategy that connects them. Those are the rungs to the ladder of success. So out of the 12, I'm a realist and I'm a pragmatist. So out of the 12, there are five and I call them the bottom five and they absolutely work. All 12 of them work for varying degrees of people, but we have to remember that there's going, there's concept to market. Some of these are high production, high cost. You need 52 emails. You need 57 social media swipes, right? They're not going to work. They take a while to implement. If you haven't guessed the the challenge, the five day challenges or the seven day, three day, I don't care how many days it's a challenge. Those are in that high production cost. They take a long time to put together and you need all kinds of affiliates to really make it work. Like we don't even need to go down that path. Now, the top seven are ones that you go from concept to market in three weeks. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones people should be focusing on. So there's different ones like webinars. They can do workshops, uh, actually webinars I would put in the bottom five. So workshops because they're live. These are experiences Mm -hmm. that people are having with you, a podcast mixer. um, You know, there's a, there's a whole bunch of other ones, but the important thing to look at is how do you show up and how do they, and then making sure you're actually driving value and not hyper-focusing on the, and I I like to take the word pitch out and just use the invitation. Mm. The bros can have pitching. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's around the, um, the intention pitch as an intention, like you're, pitching at someone and none of us want to be pitched at but 
we all like to buy. At different times, we love to buy. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm walking into, you know, a shoe store and there's the perfect pair of shoes, there is no problems with me handing over my credit card to buy those shoes. So we're always buying. Right? The buying isn't the problem. The pitching is the problem. Exactly. Um, I actually wrote a book that's called Experts Never Chase. And that's the energetic difference is most people and, you know, they're, they're, I want to hit a revenue goal. I want to do something. I got to go. And so they start chasing people. And what I invite people to do is instead of chasing is think of it like a dinner party. You may not, there may be clients out there that if you're chasing them, you're, if their credit card clears, you're going to take them. Right. And so here's the caveat, the red flags, we can all recognize. Now there's orange and yellow flags. Those are just flags that have been hanging out in the sun too long. So you really want to make sure if there's a flag on the play, there's a flag on the play. Now you can go into it consciously knowing it, but know that those are still red flags. But essentially if you go from chasing and, and just this kind of desperate energy of, I need something, I want something very hyper-focused on yourself versus a dinner party, which is an experience of you're going to invite certain kinds of people together. And you're not going to invite that weird cousin or maybe even sibling that's going to ruin the whole party because they're going to do their thing. Right. But if you were chasing, Mm -hmm. you might've actually invited that person over. Because you're not Mm. looking at them as a human and how the community can contribute to each other, but just whether or not their credit card will clear. So Mm. who are those amazing people you would bring together at the dinner party who could entertain themselves, but you're still managing the whole experience? That's those are group programs. Those are one on one private clients. It doesn't matter. But really changing that energy from this place of lack to abundance. I love that analogy so much because when we're, you know, the opposite end of that is when we're creating these group programs, if you're inviting that that person in that's not going to get along with the rest of the community, it can actually break your community really quickly. And if you've been putting years of work into it, like the last thing you want is your absolute favorite clients leaving because Weird Al came in and ruined the party. <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and then what's, what's, you know, what any strategist would recommend is now you've got to take that person out and sell them, you know, basically give them the VIP level and they haven't Mm. invested at that level. And do you think they're going to do the work Mm. when you're going to give them that much more attention out of having to save the group? We've all had to do that. That's why Mm. we got to pay attention to those orange and yellow flags because they're still there. Mm, Totally. Let's talk about nurturing because this in the organic process is like such a huge part of it. We can create these firework of experiences, which is great, but not everyone is going to buy at these experiences. So how once we've like pulled these, just after we've been talking about attracting these people together, how do we then nurture them and keep them in our world? What are your favorite ways? You know, I, I tend to work with high ticket clients. And so, you know, one of the things we want to make sure we're doing is we're qualifying, let people who aren't a good fit fall off your radar. If they're, mm. if you don't know how to quickly qualify something and identify the five top five qualifiers, if they hit one of those flags, you know, yes, you could potentially keep in touch. Sure. They might even add value to the community. Right. But it's not someone you need to necessarily focus on in terms of actively nurturing that relationship. I mean, this isn't about just doing one thing. It's about looking at what's something I can implement as a strategy, start perfecting and mastering that, and then adding something that's complementary. And it's not about doing 20 things at once, but it's about making these slight modifications so that we're increasing the effect, effect, 
the efficientness. I the I can't even say the word. It's in my head, you know, but I can't. Get I can. It out, I'm so. spelling it in my head, and I can't even say it. I know what you're trying to I, say. <laughs> I, right. Okay. So everybody else, just pretend like you knew. Yes, that's a word. Uh-huh. Um, it's gonna kill me now because I'm just gonna think about what it is. <laughs> but being efficient with our time and our process, and looking at, you don't have to have a hundred people, but who are the top twenty? Who are you actively staying in contact with, and are you constantly pruning it? and moving people off and back on. And if you have someone who's coming to your firework experience, who's consuming your content and commenting on your stuff, it's time to ask the question, would it make sense for us to work together? Because mm. this Love is it. also about permission-based marketing. This isn't about just assuming. Pitchy Pete, hey, how you doing? You have a face. Here's the link to my thing to, to solve whatever's going on here. Okay, thanks. Mm. That's super aggressive and very presumptuous of you. However, hey, you know, I just recently wrote an article on, you know, the top 10 ways to save $10,000 in your business. I'm making that up. That's a terrible title. You know, is that something that would be of interest to you? Now, if you say no, it's not personable. It's not personal. They're saying no to the resource. There is another question you might be able to ask that they would want to say yes to, but you've allowed them the opportunity to not feel like you're selling them, but like you're really truly trying to add value. Now, I wouldn't go right off the bat after meeting someone with that question, just using it as an example. Mm, Totally. Love it. Now, I know that you have got a training series to help people to activate their current connections and fill their pipeline. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, more about what that is and where we can go and find that? Sure. So it's an instant access to the three parts of my process, which is connect, converse, and close. So the first part is how to break out an hourly generation a day so that you are nurturing people through the conversation. The second piece is actually social swipe that you can leverage in your business. Please put your own voice in it. This is not a copy and paste exercise, modify it and brand it for your stuff so that you can start activating those people that you're already connected to. And then the third piece as it relates to the close is the close script that I use to be able to support people through the conversation and the invitation to increase your sales rates by, you know, up to 80 to 90% each time. Mm, Awesome. And we can go to fully it's my favorite thing to do is to talk about it and then not tell you where to do it there's (laughs) ad nauseum recording of me doing this so you can know about it that's it that's the value uh you can find it at fullybooked.ceo Awesome. And of course, we'll put that in the show notes over at influencedbydesignpodcast.com. It will be there. So you can just click on the link and go and find that. Kat, what's one thing that you'd like to leave us with that you want us to keep top of mind and carry with us throughout 2022? Your purpose isn't to close. Your purpose is to serve. And in service, people will want to work with you. And the value bomb dropped right there. Kat, thanks so much for joining me. It's an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other coaches and experts who are growing and scaling their business too, come and join the Coaches Course Creators and Speakers group on Facebook. The links are all waiting for you over at samanthariley.global.